All right. Thanks so much for coming and joining us tonight. It's nice to have a, a covered building to come to, some great food, amazing worship, and most importantly, have fellowship with our brothers and sisters and Jesus right in the middle of it. So thank you for being here. We also want to say thank you to the people watching us online. We do have people doing that. It may just be my mom, but hi, mom. We appreciate you watching tonight. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun here tonight. Before we do get started, though, um, I want us to just take a moment and get silent because with the rains that we desperately needed, we also had a, a large amount of loss of life uh, in Montecito. So I just want to start us off in prayer um, and it, just remember the families that are going through things. So let's, let's just pray together for a moment. Lord, I, we look to you in these tough times that you can comfort the family that are they're hurting right now, Lord. At last count, there was 17, and they're saying the numbers could go up. Lord, we ask you to just put a covering over them. Know that they're not alone. Help ease the hurt that they have been experiencing. Help guide the first responders to the ones still not being found, Lord. We ask you to, to try to make good of this situation, to bring people together, that they rely on the people around them, that they can rebuild whatever is, whatever's been destroyed, Lord. We know you were in the middle of this. And if they're not believers, Lord, we want to have believers around them to just lift them up and say, you have someone here that loves you and wants to be with you. So we thank you for the first responders. We thank you for, for in this tough time, we thank you for the rain that we desperately needed, Lord. So we just we need to remember to lift up these families to you. And this isn't a one-day fix, Lord, that we continue walking with them through this whole process. Find ways to comfort them and send the people over there that need to be there with them. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for doing that. So it's a lot of fun starting a new book. It just get a brand new start. We get to dive into this gospel of John. And we started this whole campaign to bring your own Bible. Because we're going to do some things. We were going to start digging into this together. We're going to start... I have note cards in the back. We put out a bunch of note cards. We put pens. We have Bibles if you need Bibles back there. Download the app on your phone. We always put it up on the screens. But we want to start making this a community where we start taking notes together. We start asking questions together. We start diving in this together. So if you ever need a Bible, we'll have them back there. Um, we can always get you some if you're in a financial hardship. We just want to have this a Bible-based church where we can open up God's Word and just learn from the best teacher possible, God. So this is a, a good thing that we're going to get going. So feel free anytime to go get some pens back there and start taking notes together. But we started off last week, Jeremy did a great job outlining not only the whole Gospel of John, but he started off with these first five verses that were some of the most powerful that we get to read through. And I think I was sitting over here, I can't tell because it was super dark last week, but I'm pretty sure I was in this general area. So just to be fun, we're going to cut the lights and we're going to do the rest of the service in total darkness. I know, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it was so important to have an image like that 
Because without those little, if you weren't here, we had tea lights, and that's how we were reading and studying last week. If we turned off the screens, if we turned off these really cool worship lights, if we completely dimmed the side lights, and we didn't have any lights, we wouldn't be able to read. We'd just be in complete pitch black darkness. And reading the Bible, even by that tiny little light, showed us what one light can do to our lives. That even in the darkest of darkness, when there's one light there, we can start to move towards it. And hopefully a few more lights get lit from that. We have an amazing light. It's so cool to see. And then we got into this whole story. I mean, I've had to reread verses 1 through 5 pretty regularly because there's so much crammed into that. We get to see that the mighty creator became a part of his creation. I mean, to reread that, we're going to go through it in just a little bit, it's kind of mind-blowing. I can't always put it into words that Jesus is unique as God's only son, and yet he's God. And Jeremy put it last week, he's 200% man. It's, it's amazing, and it's hard to put into words just how to explain certain things. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, how to actually use our words to explain what we are learning. I mean, God loves us. How can we talk about the most amazing person ever? How can we find words to just sum up all the miracles, all the amazing things, all the things he's able to change, all the things he's able to do, how can we find the words? I know sometimes I just get tongue-tied and I'll sound like, oh, God's really good. And that's all I can muster out, but it's truth. It's just I, I don't have enough to say that just can say all that he does for us. I mean, have you guys had to use your words and introduce someone to your family or your friends for that first time? Yeah, almost all of us have. It's okay if you haven't. We'll make you some friends. But most of us have had to introduce it. And I remember back, I'll, I'll make it sound really long ago, a decade ago, a little past it, I remember talking about Stephanie to my parents. And I was smitten for her. All these words tonight, this is going to be great. <laughs> we started talking, and I felt a connection. So I wanted to run home to mom and dad and say, I have met this amazing girl. And now what I have to do is I have to use my words to paint this picture so they can start to, to understand who it is. Because the moment we start saying words, people start imagining things and start picturing things. So I was like, Mom and Dad, you, you guys got to, I can't wait to let you meet this girl. She's in college. Uh, right now she works as a server and a hostess in a restaurant. Uh, but she's also going to start working for a bank pretty soon. So she likes to make money. She's a hard worker. She's, a, she's just a great girl. You've got to see her beauty. She has these, this brown hair. It has a lot of blonde to it, and her smile can light up the room. And right now, she's getting, she's blushing, so you can add the red cheeks to it. <laughs> and so she's a great student. Actually, the way that I met her was her teacher took her and another girl out to lunch at our restaurant at school, 
because she got an A on her test. So she's a great student. She wants to go to nursing school so she can help heal people and take care of them. Every word I'm saying, they're getting this picture of who she is. And then I was like, well, I'm sorry, Dad, you may not like this, but she has a piercing on her face right here and a few extra ones in her ears. She's not a rebel, though. Don't think anything's going on. But they have this picture of what Stephanie looks like. And about a week later, she'll come to meet them. And by my description and my words, they're able to say, oh, okay. He was speaking truth on this. She is really a beautiful girl. It's very driven. So we can use our words to paint the perfect picture. But you guys have heard those horror stories too, right? Where you're setting someone up with a blind date. And we start using our words and stretching the truth a little bit. We start not using the words for what they're destined to be. So you're like, oh, Jessica, you got to see this guy. He is so dreamy. He used to be the quarterback back in high school. And he had this sweet mullet, and it's like slicked back. He's so chiseled, and he drives this really boss Corvette. I mean, I would totally date him, but I'm in a relationship, so I'm going to let you have him. Like when you walk into the restaurant, you're going to walk in, and he's the one that looks like Brad Pitt. And so, I mean, Jessica's pumped up. She's like, man, I won the jackpot. And she walks in, and there's only one person in this establishment, and it looks more like Buster, Brad Pitt's dog, than Brad Pitt. So we start to misuse our words just to get satisfaction out of this. This is why they don't let me speak a lot. You guys are... (laughs) Our words can pave the way for big things is what I'm trying to say. That we can talk about some amazing things in our lives and we get to talk about the most amazing thing in Jesus Christ. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words cannot hurt me. But they can change me and change the world. We're going to study tonight in John how God uses people to be the introduction to Jesus Christ. So you guys have new job titles on your resumes. You guys are now officially Jesus' hype man. A lot of non-hip hoppers are in here, but a hype man is someone that comes out on the stage and he gets everyone pumped up. He's the one getting everyone's hands in the air. He's like, this is the main event's coming up right now. This rapper's coming. You guys got to get ready. And then when he finally gets on stage, he's the one jumping up behind him saying, yeah. He's the one that's always saying the last word of the verse. He's like, yeah, this is him. This is, this is the one. Everyone get ready. He's hyping him up. You guys are Jesus' hype men. We're the vessels. We're the new instruments. You guys are the ring announcers to introduce Jesus Christ. Now entering, standing around six feet tall, out of Bethlehem, also staying in Nazareth, Jesus Christ. This is what... So practice that, because this is what we're called to do. So now we're ready, so let's go ahead and stand, and we're going to open the Bibles. (laughs) Oh, you guys are done for tonight. (laughs) we're going to read John chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 God sent a man John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony let's pray 
Lord, I, I thank you that we can have fun in church. I thank you that we have people that we want to be around and learn from. I thank you for your word that we continue to just pick it apart and learn new things every single week because there's just so much packed into here, Lord. We thank you for leaving us speechless sometimes in ways to describe you. We lift this night up to you and our lives. To your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. All right, so tonight's scripture gets a little tricky because we're going into different parts. Insert John the Baptist. Yeah, we're going to learn about him the next couple weeks. But he's this little bit different type of guy. Hangs out in the wilderness. He has a very fashionable sense. He wears clothes made out of camel hair. He likes to snack on some bark that's laced with honey and locusts. So just a real cool guy. If you guys thought you were cool with your paleo diets, this guy started it. So John the Baptist is out there, but something he did was really cool is he's out there speaking truth about Jesus Christ. He's his hype man. He's his vessel. He is his witness. He is his ring announcer. But if we go from what we read last week into what we're going through this week, it just doesn't quite fit. So I'm going to reread starting with last week in verse 3, and kind of see the themes that we're going through. God created everything through him and gave nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Then what we're going with, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is a true light gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So we start talking about the light. We're talking about creation. We're talking about these mind-blowing things. Here's John the Baptist. Let's go back to light. Let's go back to talking about creation. It just doesn't fit in what we're trying to, to go through. And John actually writes this for a reason. He's letting it known that John the Baptist has been put in here. God has a plan for him to be used. So in between these two things is John the Baptist. You guys and all of us are that inserted part. John the Baptist proves and shows us that God had a plan for the human to be down here. And that's what John did. He came with them. Jesus doesn't need anyone to make him known. He doesn't need John the Baptist. But God chose a human being of flesh to come down and be a witness to help Jesus spread his gospel. How many of us are a little bit of stu uh, stubborn? Yeah, that's, I thought so. I'm very stubborn. Unless I see it happening in front of my face or hear about it happening to someone else, that's when it starts clicking for me. That's why we have John the Baptist suddenly coming into our story because God's talking about, hey, I created everything and now here's Jesus and he's walking on the earth. 
Now he's putting an eyewitness to the account to help us understand a little bit more. This is what John the Baptist does. In verse 6, it says he sent the man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light. Because of his testimony, everyone might believe. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. John the Baptist was brought here to be a reflector. We have been brought here to be a reflector of the light. We are not the light. Jesus Christ is the light. But we get a chance to stand up here and imagine a disco ball. Yeah, back to the 80s. We have light shooting off in all different directions. The light comes right at us and it goes boom. So when I'm standing up here and I'm telling you about past experiences and testimonies and the way that the light has affected me, I'm hoping that the light is shooting off at the other people. So there's light over here, light over here, light over here. That when you can see miracles, when you can see God working in our lives, that light is going out for other people to see. We are now reflectors of the light. When Jesus works in my life, it's affecting my family now. When Jesus is working in my life and I get up here to speak, the lights are shooting off so other people can start to feel the light and see that it's actually happening, that I get to be a witness to what is going on. We are all witnesses moving forward to what Jesus did. So as the ring announcer, as the hype man, as the witness, we're going to be used to broadcast that light to everyone. So your first table talk tonight, you guys are going to get a decent amount of time because this one's a heavy one. Because I know a lot of the stories in here. We're going to get in some testimonies. I know people have been healed. I know people have been affected. I know Jesus has worked in our lives. So tonight's table talk is how would you explain the light to others? Give a testimony on what Jesus Christ has done in your life. And I know some of us have pages and pages of testimony. But I just want to get into the meat right now. I want us to start sharing that testimony so that the people around you can start getting affected by the light that's been shown into your life. So go ahead, break apart for a while. All right, we're going to come back together. This is important to do. When we have testimonies and experiences going on, and you hear about that with the community going on at your table, the light that Jesus brings to the person that's experienced that is hitting every person at the table because they see Jesus Christ at work. And the way that we spread the gospel is by using our words and to show people that, yeah, this stuff actually happens. Jesus is a part of this life, and he's done amazing things. I have seen Jesus heal and bring the light in the dark situations. I have seen Jesus use his working hands and cure my wife of a tumor. I have seen Jesus work on my mom's life and cure her of cancer. I have had friends who were told that they are not going to be able to have kids who will later become pregnant. 
I have seen him restore marriages. I have seen him change lives. I have seen him beat addictions. I have seen Jesus do all these things. So I want to stand up here and I want to hold a mirror so any light that comes forward that I've experienced is going right around to say that Jesus can come into these situations in the darkest of darks and start to bring the light into that situation. I want to just show the, the way that we, we show people this light that Jesus brings in, the people that don't see it, this Bible is full of miracles. I'm going to rapid fire some off because there's too many to go through. But I just want you to hear. So Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever, but when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. He healed her. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. But Jesus knew that what they were planning, so he left that area. But many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Over and over again, it says, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe and all who touched him were healed. And the last one, a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled remained well. The lame were walking, and the blind could see again, and they praised God of Israel. This is the God that we're dealing with. Every single person that was healed at those times, people around saw that. They were the witnesses of that moment. They were the reflectors of that light so they could say, I couldn't even walk and now I'm walking. This is Jesus that can do these things. And you know what's amazing? Is that we continue on with our, our scripture tonight in verse 9. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. It's not he just gives light to this side of the room. It's not he'll pick a couple people and give light. He wants to give his light to every single person. He wants his light all over the place. We don't want to miss our chance. John the Baptist was ready he hit the ground running. I'm going to start speaking truth about Jesus and let people know about him. So we have to be ready to share our testimonies, to share our experiences so people can see Jesus. Because if they're asking you what's happened in your life, I think God may have sent them there so they want to hear what's going on. They need a little bit of hope. They need a little bit of light. So you guys get to be that vessel for Jesus and tell them what's going on. But we're going to read on that Sometimes we, we don't pay attention to what's right in front of our face. In verses 10 and 11, it says, He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. It's like, oh, surprise, Jesus, didn't know you were coming. Like, where'd you come from? This is we got to be ready at all times. 
It's hard because we get so busy with our everyday lives and everything that's going on. We got a lot of stuff going on that we don't happen to look up and see Jesus right in front of our face trying to come into our lives and change us. That we're so busy with our head down trying to fix our own holes in our boat and we keep sinking but we're going to fix it ourselves and try to, to patch it up when Jesus is standing right next to us saying, I'm here. Let me help you. The people ignored him at his day and age. Herod wanted to kill him. The scribes ignored him. There was no room for him to even be born. People walked by Jesus and didn't recognize him to see what he could do. Maybe they weren't expecting what they saw. A son of a carpenter. Someone dressed in just a robe. They were expecting maybe a mighty king with a grand entrance. Someone ready to lead the charge by yelling and with wars and all this change. Not the grace and love that Jesus brought about. And you could say, well, there weren't any huge billboards back then saying, hey, Jesus is coming in like 2018. There weren't commercials saying it. There weren't phone calls saying Get ready. Jesus will be here, so you need to get yourself ready. And we still don't have that today. But we had prophets telling them all along the way to get ready. All these people, when we're talking about Daniel, about Malachi, we're talking about Zechariah, we're talking about Isaiah, we're talking about Jeremiah saying, hey, someone's coming. Get yourselves ready. Get that vessel ready. Start changing right now. The whole Old Testament is based around saying that God would send down a Messiah to save his people. It's not, oh, weird, hey, Jesus, you came out of nowhere. He's been planning on coming, now he's here. Let's start taking notice of him in our lives. Don't be looking for something else. Bring the Jesus that's right here with us into our lives. He came into God's land with God's people. It should have been a king's welcome for him. But it says he was ignored. But there's hope. There's always hope. Because it shows in verses 12 and 13. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. A whole new you. A whole change that can be about the moment that we accept Jesus Christ into our lives. The moment that we start to drown out the darkness in our lives and start replacing it with the light that it's supposed to be filled with. This whole new us of being children with our amazing Father. So another table talk that we're going to go through. This one's going to be a little bit shorter. But we're talking about a birth from God. Where we feel some change. You have a whole new outlook on life. You are a new you through Christ. How has having Christ in your life affected others around you? Are you being a reflector 
Or do you need to start talking about it more? Do you need to start bringing it up with your family a little bit more? So go ahead and have a table talk. Say if people around you, the, the point of this question, if people can tell the differences going on in your life. Go ahead, break apart for a little bit. So when we read that verse about believing in him, accepting him, and he gives the right to become children of God, the moment that we start to change, you feel that change in our life, and other people can start seeing it, I immediately felt like I had more of a purpose in life, that I'm ready to start moving for whatever God has in store for me. That little change of one lifestyle change can mean the world to other people around you. So in verse 14, it says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The Word became human and he made his home here. He walked alongside with us. His love, his faithfulness, he brought it all down for us to be witness, to see what it means to actually learn from him, walk with him, see him, watch what he does, be a part of his miracles that he's trying to do. We get a chance to experience every little thing. And then we get to go out and share that light with other people. Someone that walked the earth that was tempted by Satan, the one that faced trials, the one that had obstacles to overcome, that very same person is showing us that we're able to do it with him as well. He was giving us an example, and now we get to further be the examples of other people. We're almost done. Verses 15. And we're going to put it together with 16 and 17. So John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance... We have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. What an amazing thing to get a chance to go out and preach. The one that knew was created so far before us, before we even thought about, is here with us to change our lives, to be a part of everything that we are doing in life. This is something we get to talk about. We're the new John the Baptist, guys. We are to stand out. If he calls us to go out to the wilderness, let's go out to the wilderness and maybe not eat locusts, but there's some tasty bugs out there. I've, I've seen the survival guys. But we get to talk about all these things that Jesus can do in our lives, the one gracious blessing after another. Jesus is a blessing of what he's able to do. 
Christ is the source of all our blessings. Every good thing we have comes through him. Every grace that we experience is grace given by Jesus Christ. Every miracle that we get to be a part of is a miracle given to us by Jesus. And that doesn't make you stand up and want to shout and show people that have been missing Jesus this whole time. we got to start fixing our priorities. We need to be ready to be vessels to stand up and show people what they have been missing. Because it said earlier, it's a part for, the light is for everyone. This isn't someone specific. Every single person that's out there, God wants to be in his family. We are all children together. So let's go out. Let's share that light with people. Let's tell them past experiences, good and bad, because people need to hear both sides. If they're stuck in the darkness in that rut, they need to hear what happened to you to start moving it forward. We need to get our reflectors up and start shining the light in this world that so desperately needs it in this day and age. We may not see God, but we can experience him and feel him. There's a famous movie quote, and only I can use this because it's a Christmas movie. It says, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Children don't have to see this place to know it's here. They just know. That's from Elf Judy from the Santa Claus. (laughs) We don't have to always see something to know it's there. We have a powerful God that has a powerful plan for each and every one of our lives. A difference that we can all be a part of. So let's believe that we can be used to be vessels. Let's believe that we have a creator looking out for us. Let's believe that Jesus is going to come into our lives and use us. And it may just be one person that we're going to affect, or it's going to be hundreds of thousands of people that you are called to change. Whatever it is, God has put this light in the world for a reason. And it's our job to take that light and start moving forward and showing the world. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your, your love, your grace. I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you for the examples you give us, the countless miracles that you give us, and how you've given us this task to explain things that it's a tongue twister or we just get lost for words because of how amazing and powerful and loving and gracious you are, Lord. We ask you to continue to share out the blessings to guide us where you want us to go, to show us the ways that you want us to go, and to talk to the people that you want us to talk to. Let's make this world so bright with your light that it scares the poop out of Satan. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.